0: Particular. Amen, amen. Thank you, Patience Teague, for blessing us this morning. Jesus sees the depths of our heart, and yet he loves us the same. That's a beautiful word. If you have your Bible, please open it to Acts chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 42 through 47. Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. Here's the word of our God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came among among every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and sharing the proceeds with all who had need. And day by day attended the temple together breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. This is God's word. Please pray with and for me. Lord, as we come to the preaching of your word, as I often pray, I pray again today that your spirit, Lord, would be here among us that he will take the word and apply it to all of our hearts, and my heart included, that we all need to be reminded of your great love for us. We need to be reminded of who you are as our God and King. So, Holy Spirit, be our counselor, be our helper, be the one who leads us into all truth. And most of all, I pray that Christ will be glorified by what is said today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Carter C. Woodson uh, was an African-American historian and scholar. He was one of the first scholars to study African-American history. And most of his career was spent bringing, bringing to light and highlighting the contributions of African-Americans. And he's known as the father of black history. And we're celebrating black history this month because of largely because of his labor. And, and I love black history. And I, I love it because for a whole month, what is often overlooked and ignored is highlighted, celebrated, and acknowledged. And that's the historical contributions African Americans have made to our nation, to the progress of our nation, to the progress of mankind. You see, for me, Black History Month is an example of what it means to spend time on the other. The other is people. To see the other, to highlight the other, to celebrate the other, to acknowledge the other, to focus on the other. And if we're going to do life together together, in ways that are healthy, in ways that are intentional, then we have to spend time focusing on the other, seeing the other, celebrating the other, acknowledging the other. And we do this by doing life together in community. We do this by doing life together in community. And that's what today's message is about. And it's part two of the message that I started last week. And if you were here, I hope you remember that we were working our way through these verses in Acts 2. And these verses give us a snapshot of what it looks like for believers to do life together in healthy ways. First, we do life together by, with Jesus at the center. That's, a, that's always important. He's all, he always has to be at the center. And we cannot lose sight of that. That's the first thing we have to remember. We do life together with Christ at the center. And second, we do life together by going to corporate worship together. And third, we do life together with each other in community. Community. And this is us, TV Saints. This is who we are. This is who we want to be, a church who proactively does life together with the other in community. Like the other believers, early believers here in Acts 2. They're devoted to doing life together. And their devotion comes from their faith in Christ. Their faith in Christ leads them to gravitate towards other believers. That, that's something that when you read what Luke is reporting, he's giving us history. He he doesn't say the the apostles made them gather together. He doesn't say they made a program and they came together. They naturally gathered together with other believers. Something pulled them together, and it is their faith in Christ. It is their faith in Christ. A love for Jesus will always lead to a love for his people. Always. Always. 100% of the time. If you love Jesus, then you're going to love his people, even the ones who are different than you. A desire to be with them, a devotion to do life with them in community. And that's one description of, that Luke has given us here of the early church in Acts 2. It's their devotion to do life together in community. And in verse 42, it said they devoted themselves to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. That's not a fellowship. It's the fellowship. It's particular. It's definite. It's the fellowship of the community of the saints. Is what he's talking about. These early believers are steadfast and in, and in, in being in participating in the fellowship of believers, persevering and doing life together in community with the other. They're devoted to it. A priority has been given to it, given to the community. It's been embraced. They're embracing it as an essential part or they walk with Christ. Room is made in their life for the fellowship. Are we making room in our life for the fellowship? Is there room in your life for the community of saints? Is there room in your life? Is there room in my life? Please understand that the devotion to the fellowship or community is not talking about a list of activities. It's not a checklist. It's not a ministry. It's not a program. The fellowship in the community refers to the people of God. It's God's family. It's his family. And these believers in Acts 2 are a family bonded together by Christ. They're adopted into God's family because of their faith in Jesus. And that's something that we cannot lose sight of. We are a very individualistic culture in America. And the gospel is anti-that. Okay, Christ redeems us and places us within a family of God. It's not just you and your family. It's your your family and all the other believers in this church. You need one another. We need one another. But do we really believe it? Do you really believe it? That you need your brothers and sisters that are sitting next to you in your life and they need you in their life. As I said, love for Jesus will always lead to a love for his people, and that includes being with them, being with them. So if you have faith in Christ, then guess what? You are adopted into this family. You are a member of this family. You're part of this church, part of His body, and the person sitting next to you is either your brother or sister in the Lord. You're bonded and reconciled to that person through the finished work of Christ. Through the finished work of Christ. I need my amen sign. I still got a lot to learn. Amen. Okay. So what is the finished work of Christ? His life, his death, his resurrection. And if you believe in and trust in that, what overflows from that is a devotion to God's family. Devotion to one another in the Lord. One Christian author says, a church is not a group of friends that you have picked. It is a group of brothers and sisters God has picked for you. God has picked for you. The church isn't a group of friends that you have picked. The church is a family of God that he has picked for you and placed you in the midst of so you can do life with them in healthy ways. Have you ever thought about the church that way? Have you? Have you ever considered that God has handpicked each brother and sister in this church so that you can do life with them, not just go to church with them? Be in relationship with them, be in communion with them, be in, uh, be a family with them. We at the Village Church, we are a family in Christ. We're not just people who attend church together once a week. Let's not settle to know each other in passing. Let's be devoted to the fellowship. Let's be steadfast in, in the community. Let us persevere with one another in the family. Let us be committed to one another in the family. The Village Church is a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. That is the PCA. Our denomination is made up of 87 presbyteries. And we're part of the Providence Presbytery. It includes all the PCA churches in northern Alabama. And on Tuesday, we held our quarterly meeting at Redeemer PCA Church in Florence. And I had the privilege of giving uh, the brothers their update on how things were going here at the village. And what I told them, I said, God continues to exceed my expectations on where we are as a church. He has. When, I first, when we first planted this church in 08, I didn't think we'd be where we are today. I didn't. I thought it would take us years to get where we are. But God has solely but surely exceeded my expectations. I also told them that Revelation seven nine sounds so good in the Bible. Revelation seven9 sounds so beautiful on paper. The verse says, "After I looked, behold a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, from every nation." People from every language standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches in their hands. Sounds so good on paper, but living those verses out in the here and now is very, very difficult. I told the Presbyterian, the village church is beautifully messy. We're beautifully messy because we're striving to make Revelation 17:7 a reality, and we're messy because we're trying to make that a reality. You see, a church striving to be cross-cultural and multi-ethnic will be a blended family, a blended community, a blended fellowship. If you grew up in a blended family, then you know the challenges blended families face. If you're currently in a blended family, then you're facing those challenges right now. And it's not easy doing life together and as a blended family. It is not easy. Kate and Gabe Chapman know this. They have a blended family with six kids between them. And they're facing all those challenges right now as they try to blend their family together. Kate shared some of those challenges in an article that she wrote, The Ugly Truth About Blended Families. She writes, we're not new to this experience. Married for the second time later in life with six children between us. We are often navigating the, the tricky step family terrain. Divided loyalties, misconnections, and hurt feelings are standard stuff around here. She gives one example. One night, Gabe shared with her how her son had hurt his feelings because his stepdad planned this awesome album for him. They would go get some bonding time together. And then the son had a lukewarm response about it. So the, the stepdad got his feelings hurt. And this is what he says to Kate. It feels like nobody wants this blended family that we're so hard, we're trying so hard to work for. It feels like nobody wants it. So they stayed up until 4 a.m. that night talking about their family, talking about the challenges that they're facing. And the next day, Kate woke up. She felt the same way that her husband felt. She says, the truth is no one wants to be in a blended family. Born of grief, filled with failure, blended families are messy, complicated, and exhausting. Hard sweat is required to blend a family together in healthy ways. Now, the Chapmans, they didn't quit. They, they didn't throw in a towel. They, they kept moving. They continued to be in perseverance. They continued to move forward and blend their family together. And why? Why didn't they just quit? Kate wrote, hope. Hope is what kept Gabe and I talking until 4 a.m. Hope. Hope that we can work together and build our family in in, in, in a way that is healthy for our kids. Hope that our love and partnership will be an example for them as we grow. Hope that this difficult journey we're on together would eventually be the start of our story. Hope that our puzzle, as messy and complicated as it seems, with the frame Bradley constructed, will one day be a picture that we all appreciate. The Village Church is a blended family. That's who we are—a blended community, a blended fellowship. We're not all the same. There are differences. There's diversity—different races, backgrounds, cultures, generations, political views, economic classes. We are and blending all that together into a family would be messy, complicated, and exhausting. <laughs> and at times, you're gonna to want to quit and leave, if you're honest. If you haven't felt like quitting here and leaving, then you ain't been honest with yourself. At times, you will get your feelings hurt. You will be misunderstood. But you don't have to quit on each other. We can stay devoted and stand fast with perseverance. Why? Because like the Chapmans, we have hope. We have hope. And our hope is, is that our God is able He's able to work within our family. And I believe he is working in our family. Because if we keep Jesus at the center, as the source and center of our family, then there's nothing that we can't work through. We have to believe that Christ is at work. He's doing it. And in him, we can do life together as a blended family and God in healthy ways. It will be beautifully messy. Okay? It will be. So we can devote, be devoted to one another. We can be steadfast with one another. We can persevere with one another through the ups and downs of doing life together as a blended family. Accept that. That's who we are. That's who we are as a village church. Now, your devotion to this blended family, it works itself out in your active participation in the family. Okay? You have to participate in the family. But what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, I'm going to tell you. Participation means... You be present in each other's lives. That's what it means. It means you show up. It means you see the other person. At times you highlight the other person. You celebrate the other person. You acknowledge the other person. We see this participation in verse 44. It says, all who believe were together and had all things in common. Those two terms, those that, the term together and the phrase all things in common, aren't talking about uniformity. They're not talking about uniformity not talking about we are going to be close to one another. We're not cookie cutter. Coming together as a body doesn't mean we suppress our differences as if they don't matter. As if it don't matter. Or is that, give me an example, Alex, okay? I don't stop being a black man just because my pastor of a cultural church. That's what that means. You don't deny who you are. You don't deny your culture just to be a part of a church like this. You don't deny those things. We highlight it. We celebrate it. We acknowledge it. You don't suppress it. And if you're suppressing it, that's fake. That is not real. Togetherness is unity. It's the unity that comes from your faith in Christ. It's the unity that comes from being part of the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14 says, Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slave or free. All were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. Our blended family here at the Village Church, we are a local body of Christ. And each of us here are individual members of this body. One body, many members. Same body, different parts. In Christ, That can be be unity in the midst of our diversity. But do we believe it? Do we believe it? There are differences. But in Christ, those differences don't have to divide us. They will if Christ is taken out of the center. They will. But do we believe that in Christ, we can have unity in the midst of diversity? Do we really believe that? The phrase, all things in common... That simply means like-mindedness. And to be like-minded means to be at one, without divisions, without disunity. There should be harmony within our body. That We should walk with each other in solidarity together. That's what that means. Sharing of a common interest, and that common interest is always Christ. Acts 4.32 says, Now the full number of those who believe were of one heart and soul. I like that. All who believe. This is the early church. All of those who believe were of one heart and soul. Philippians 2, verses 1 and 3 3 says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being in the same mind, having the same love, being a full accord of one mind, doing nothing for robbery or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than ourselves. That's doing life together in the body. And participating in our blended family requires each of us to do our part in order to maintain our unity and oneness in Christ. We all have a part to play in that. We all have a part to play. This is the top priority, and it won't be easy. It's going to take steadfastness and perseverance. It's going to take gentleness and humility from each of us being patient with each other, keeping short accounts with each other, asking for forgiveness when we sin against one another. So listen, I'm going to sin against you at some point. I'm going to stay, stay someone up here that may offend you. And as I said last week, come to me. Come to me. If I hurt you, i sin against you. You have my cell number. You have my email address. Do it. You have the freedom to make things right with me when I sin against you. Because if you love me, you'll do that. And if I love you, I would do that. So we have to be honest with one another, respecting each other's opinions. Because we're not all going to agree on everything. We're not. I love Georgia football. Most of y'all don't, but that's okay. I still love you. We have to extend grace to one another. In humility, count your brothers and sisters in Christ more significant than yourself. So we can participate in our family by maintaining our unity and oneness in Christ. We also participate in our blended family by providing care for one another. I call this family care or family generosity. We see this in the early church in verse 45. It says they were selling their possessions and belongings and sharing sharing the proceeds with all as they had need. Now, the principle here isn't go sell all your stuff. Some people can take that to mean I need to go sell all my cars and my house and and share all my belongings with, with the body. No, the principle here is that the family of God takes care of each other. That's the principle. The principle here is that I should be willing to use my material possessions in a way that helps a fellow brother and sister in Christ. That's what it means. Participating in our blended family means we meet the felt needs within our body. It's pulling our resources together to help one another. That's what it means. Acts 4, verse 32 says, again, Not a full number of those who believe were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that he had belonged to him. But they had everything in common. The family of God ought to be a blessing to one another. But what does that look like, Pastor? It means no one in this church should ever go without food. That's what it means. No one in this church you ever go without shelter. No one in this church you ever go without the necessities of life. Because here's the thing. You have been blessed to be a blessing to others. And I need to hear that myself. You have been blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Please know that. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not fail to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Galatians 6, 10 so then as you have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those of the household of faith. Be You are blessed to be a blessing to other people. Family care and generosity is something that we should be practicing within our blended family. And it's going to require many of you to die to your pride. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Some of you don't like asking for help. And you know who I'm talking about. You won't admit when you need help. You want to communicate a need, whether it's spiritual, physical, relational, or emotional. Listen, it's okay to say you need help. It's hard doing life with other people if you don't ever let them serve you at some point. Don't let your pride rob other people of the opportunity to bless you. Do not let your pride Rob your brothers and sisters of the opportunity to be a blessing in your life. That's part the it. That's how we function. That's how we function. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, as a prisoner of Christ, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You see, at the end of the day, beloved, we have to bear with one another in love in order to do life together in this blended family. Bear with one another in love. And so, are you bearing with one another in love or are you just tolerating each other? Which is it? Can't be both. We would either be a blended family who bears with one another in love. Or we would be a blended family who simply tolerates one another. Like you do on the holidays when you go home for Christmas. (laughs) But we all got family members that we just tolerate. So which is it, Village Church? See, a family that just tolerates each other, they have a superficial unity and oneness. It ain't real. it's, It's on the surface. It's not deep. It's fake oneness. It's fake unity. And the care that they give to one another is totally paternalistic. That's what the care looks like. You, see, you, you can help someone in such a way that your benevolence lets them know that you're better than them. And they a family that tolerates each other. That's how they function. I'm going to help you, but by me helping you, I'm going to let you know I'm better than you. That's a family that just tolerates each other. That's a type of family that just put up with one another. They don't deal with conflict. They don't talk about hard and difficult things. They sweep everything under the rug. They don't ever address the elephant in the room. They pretend like the elephant's not there. That's not love. That's not family. That's fake. We don't want to be a family that just tolerates each other. We don't want to be that. I don't want you to tolerate me. I want you to love me. That's what I want. We want to be a family that bears with one another in love. In this type of family, we have real unity, real oneness that's deeply rooted in the love of Christ and love for one another. A family that bears with one another in love speaks the truth to one another in love. And faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I've been wounded by friends before. I didn't like it when they told me the truth about myself, but I appreciated it later. Okay? A family that bears with one another in love, they bless one another out of the way that God has blessed them. The family, these, This type of family, they deal with conflict in a healthy way. They receive correction for one another. And this family does address hard issues like race, justice, and politics. We don't pretend like that stuff doesn't exist and it doesn't impact our life. We're naive when we don't think that stuff impacts our life. And if we can't have this conversation in the church, then we ain't real. This is, this is, this is not real. There are certain topics that we cannot discuss that means we ain't close as we think. That Christ ain't real at the center. Is he really at the center? And we should be able to lay certain things down for one another. Love me. Don't tolerate me. There's a big difference, beloved. It's a big difference between the two. So who in this church, now I'll get rest up on some toes. Who in this church are you just tolerating? Who in this church are you just putting up with? In order to maintain some superficial unity and oneness that ain't even real. And as you think about that person or persons, let me ask you just one question. Does Jesus love you or does he tolerate you? It's this is congregation participation. Is Jesus loving you in your mess or he does tolerate you in your mess? Which is it? He loves you. We sung about it. He sees the depth of our heart and what? Loves us the same. And so if Jesus ain't just tolerating you, then you should tolerate his people. You should love his people. Okay? That's the connection. Thank you, brother. Amen. Amen. So once you know that Jesus is loving you in ways that are so deep in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your brokenness, then guess what? The fruit of that would be I can love other people in there. I can love other people in theirs. And listen, Christ's love is sacrificial, but he don't let me just do what I want to do. He holds me accountable. He calls me out when I mess up. And so loving one another is speaking the truth to each other in love. You need to have a coming to Jesus meeting with whoever you just tolerated in this church. It could just be your spouse. It could be your kids, whoever it is. You need to have a coming to Jesus meeting with them and make things right. Ask for forgiveness if you need to ask for forgiveness. At some point, loving each other like this means some of you need to learn how to be the younger brother and sister in certain things. Everybody in the big brother and the big sister in every area of life. I'm the younger brother in certain things in life, and so are you. And I'm an older brother in certain areas, and so are you. So we need to learn that it's going to take humility to let other people speak into our life. And love is the key to what we're trying to do here. Love is the key. And I am sweating again. Man, y'all are going to make me sweat my cold out right up here at the pulpit. So one Christian theologian says, for us to be at one with those who are like us is easy. To be at one with those who are unlike us is possible only if a profound unity underlies surface differences. Cicero, pagan though he was, made the wise observation that love surpasses friendship. While friendship is esteem for one another who agrees with him, love is esteem for one another who differs from him. That's another amen statement. Love is esteem for one another who differs from you. Remember that. There are many differences in our blended family, but our love for one another in Christ. Must underline those differences. That's why our logo, if you have your bulletin, our logo, that logo again is by intent. By intent. It's a, it's a mosaic with broken pieces with a cross in the center. I'm, I'm always talking about this because you, you always forget it. That's why I'm always going to talk about it. That cross in there in the center is there for a reason. And guess what? You're not the one on the cross, it's not your culture. It's not your politics in the center. It's not your ethnicity in the center. It's not my ethnicity in the center. It's Jesus in the center. Your stuff is the broken pieces. That's you. And your culture and your uh, backgrounds and your differences, and that's you. And, and that's us. And as long as Christ is in the center of those things, we will be a healthy family. Once I put me in the center, we're going to fall apart. Once you put you in the center, you're going to get mad and leave. Jesus has to be at the center of it all, at all times in a church like ours. And when that happens, then I believe we can experience what the early church experiences. It says day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread together in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with people, and the Lord added to their number, day by day. Of those who were being saved because they were healthy. Why would Jesus add new believers to an unhealthy body? He won't. He won't. Because our love for one another and our unity, you know what that know what that does to the world? It is a witness to the lost world that Jesus is real. Us pursuing and protecting our unity is a way that we can share the gospel with those who don't know him. That these people, though they're different, they actually love one another. How in the world is that possible? I can tell you, because there's a Savior who died for our sins and he has brought us together. Because Christ brings together other people who otherwise would not hang out with each other. That's what Christ does. And that's what i am continue to pray that he would do within our body. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. That none of us can take credit of what you are doing in the life of our body, and as I said, you have exceeded my expectations, and you continue to do so. And so I pray that what what you're building here would be a witness to those who don't know you, that you are real, that people who are different can do life together. If Lord. We keep you at the center if we walk in humility with one another, if we're honest with one another. So, Lord Jesus, we need your spirit to move in us. We need your spirit to continue to guide our small congregation, that he will help us to walk in humility before one another, asking for forgiveness when we sin against one another. And, Lord, we want you to receive the glory for this. Not us, not to us, but to you receive all the glory. So, Lord, thank you for not being given up on us. Thank you for sending the depths of our heart and yet loving us the same. It is in your name that I pray. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service? We're our thought patience. Okay. If you are our guest today, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for joining us for worship. Hopefully we will definitely see you again. If you are a guest, we do have a little small uh, packet for you out at the information table, so please stop by there amos will be sitting there waiting to greet you now here's god's benediction to his beloved people now may the god of peace who brought again from the dead our lord jesus the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever and all god's people said Amen. amen please greet one another